0: Solicited, the podcast that gives fictional characters advice they did not ask for. I'm Emily Blake.
1: And I'm Owen Evans. So today we're discussing self-proclaimed world's best boss, Michael Scott, from NBC's hit series, The Office.
0: Self-proclaimed really is the, <laughs> the way that went down, <laughs> isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He, he bought himself that mug with that exact phrase. Um, As a gift to himself, which is really just kind of the perfect perfect little glimpse into just kind of Michael as a person.
0: Manifesting before manifestation.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Michael is the regional manager of the Scranton, Pennsylvania branch of the paper supply company Dunder Mifflin. As a leader of the office, he definitely has some flaws that we're going to talk about today. First and foremost, he tends to be pretty disrespectful to his employees and people that he works with.
0: Do you think he would describe himself that way? Like if you said, hey, Michael, I think you're being disrespectful. What do you think his response would be?
1: (laughs) I think he would wholeheartedly disagree. He is extremely self-unaware. A lot mm-hmm. of the time. And so you see him using uh, uh, stereotypes, uh, very offensive stereotypes, uh, for the sake of comedy. Uh, he fancies himself uh, a comedian uh, of of some type or, or another. And so this is kind of a... You know, uh, uh-huh.
0: I, I don't know if all his stereotypes are for the sake of comedy.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. I think
0: he often leans into mm-hmm. them. But I, I watched an episode recently where he said, you know, I ordered pizza. Everybody likes pizza. Do black people like pizza? Oh. And then it cuts to a scene of him eating with the whole staff, which includes, you know, an, a number of people of color. That's right. Um, and he goes, hmm. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Which speaks to his just he's just completely unaware um, about lots of different things. um. Uh Toby Flenderson, the HR representative for the office, is kind of a a punching bag for Michael. Uh in, in, especially, you know, this this disrespectful side of him. And, and Michael just feels no remorse about any of the 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 th- terrible, mean things he says to Toby and and the, the horrible way he treats him. Um
0: in his role in HR, Toby ends up confronting Michael on a number of occasions um about his behaviors and Michael is not someone who is capable of taking constructive criticism with any not degree of all. grace uh, so it it really sets him up to view Toby as an enemy to view Toby as someone who is attacking him Michael and that's just not the reality to- Toby's doing his job and and making sure that people are being treated well in the office and michael views it as a very personal vendetta and fights back with his own campaign (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly exactly it's it's a it's it's a it's a very uh it's it's a fun relationship to to watch (laughs) from the outside
0: (laughs) yeah i don't think i'd like it in person
1: so michael is extremely self-centered and has a deep need for attention. He runs meetings for the office and the staff probably more often than necessary and my, Michael uses these meetings to basically try out characters. He likes to dress up in, in costumes and and try on different different characters for his comedy routines and so that's essentially what he's doing with these meetings um, they're not they're not useful really for the everyday functions of the office pretty much ever. <laughs>
0: well, and I, I think and a lot of people I, I imagine in the corporate world might feel similarly about the meetings that they're going to. Like, Do I really need to be at this one or am I just being included so that things look right? Um, but this is a this is a whole yes. other level, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, a whole other level. Um, we really see kind of the full manifestation of of Michael's need for attention in the episode titled Scott's Tots. If you're not familiar with it, he goes to a local high school or sorry, not high school, preschool, primary school um, and promises a a class of of students, kindergartners, I think, and um, that he will pay for their college tuition. If they and graduate he high does school, this right? If they graduate high school, exactly, exactly. What's
0: Scott's taught?
1: <laughs> Has it really been 10 years? A local businessman pledges college tuition to third graders. <laughs> Just, I fell in love with these kids. And I didn't want to see them fall victim to the system. So I made them a promise. I told them that if they graduated from high school, I would pay for their college education. I've made some empty promises in my life, but hands down, that was the most generous. And of course he does this before he has the funds secure to do this for them. Um, But he revels in the... The, the positive attention that 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 brings to him. Well,
0: and that's and wild. Then of course, you find out so many people struggle to send <laughs> yeah. their own children to college, um, to send one <laughs> or two kids to college, and that he walks into this this presentation in front of elementary school kids, and he goes, "You know what? I've decided right now, if you graduate high school, I will pay for your college for an entire class <laughs> of children." Is wild. Yeah. Where do you get that kind of confidence?
1: Yeah, I it's that's it's beyond me. It's beyond me. Of course, you know, we come to find out that he cannot afford to to pay for their college at all. Shocker. Um, but the silver lining there is that they do all graduate from high school. And it is the highest graduation rate that high school has seen in quite some time. Mm-hmm. So, a little interesting twist. Yeah, well, um, and
0: I think a lot of his attention-seeking behaviors are very spur of the moment Mm -hmm. when he calls Mm -hmm. meetings it's not typically that he's planned ahead to have these meetings with these characters that he's trying (laughs) out he's in conversation with someone and he decides he doesn't like their response and that he'd like to try his his view out on a larger crowd and he has enough power that he can demand a larger crowd pay attention and so he does and I think it's a really similar yeah. situation with Scott's tots. He's he's not thinking ahead here. He's not going, Gosh, I bet I can really increase this graduation rate and maybe I can save enough to send these kids to college. He's just going, You know what? Mm-hmm. I would like to be the kind of person who can make promises like this, so I'm just gonna make the promise and everything else will fall into place. And that sort of idealistic mm-hmm. thinking is really challenging if people are depending on you. It's one thing to dream yes. big. It's another to to have others relying on you.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. He loves to play the hero, uh, even when he's not qualified.
0: Is he ever qualified? Um
1: yeah. <laughs> well for some things he is qualified and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um but uh, in in his capacity as a boss, uh, something he lacks is the ability to be vulnerable uh, with his with his employees, which I think is important um, in a leadership role. Um, you you have to be able to let your walls down and 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 let people in. Um, there's there's a line, of course, where you're you're balancing, you know, professional relationship versus a personal relationship. But but there is a a, a level of of, of um, warmth and and welcoming that that you need to have with people and michael is just afraid to do that for a lot of reasons um, and we'll talk about some of those he um but uh you see this you see this come out um one example is um the episode where they're at a, a job fair at a high school and during a conversation with a a high school student a potential empl- uh, intern um michael uh describes Pam, Pam Beasley, the secretary for the office, as a wonderful person and a gifted artist uh, and something else. But then he says, I would never say that to her face. Come here. I would never say this to her face, but she is a wonderful person and a gifted artist. Why why wouldn't you say that to her face? So. Uh, And and Oscar replies with uh, something like, well, why would you never say that to her? And, and so that's that's the kind of that's the kind of thing as, as a leader as, as a boss that I think you need to be able to do you know you need to be able to to express your, your gratitude for, for people's talents and their skills well, and, and and make people make people feel It's valued. important
0: also to be able to read people. I think there are situations where you would not want to tell an employee something like that. So you wouldn't you wouldn't want to tell mm-hmm. someone who's working for you nice things about themselves if they already have a big ego. Or if (laughs) they're already pushing, pushing your boundaries. Um, But that's Mm -hmm. just not Pam. Like she is really thoughtful and pretty with it and would respond really positively to hearing nice things about herself. And realistically, that that would be a great source of encouragement for her.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She she kind of struggles with self-confidence, it seems, in the beginning of the series.
0: And she and Michael um, do have sort of an interesting dynamic. Um, he is really supportive of mm-hmm. her on a number of occasions. And when he leaves to start his own paper company, she actually decides to follow him, doesn't she?
1: That's right, and yeah. Th- this mm-hmm. is, yeah.
0: I guess it's time for our regularly scheduled spoiler alert. Um But Pam Pam and Michael have a tenuous But I think strong relationship At the same time Um, One of my favorite moments in the series Is when she asks everyone to come to her art show And Michael is one of very, very few who do He may be the only one I I don't remember for sure
1: Pam Caso Sorry I'm late, I had to race across town
0: Oh, Michael
1: Wow you did these? Freehand? Yep. My God, these could be tracings. Oh. Look at this one. Wow. You nailed it. How much? What do you mean? I don't see, a uh, price.
0: Um, you want to buy it?
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, we have to have it for the office. I mean, there's my window and there's my car. Is that your car? Uh Uh-huh. That is our building. And we sell paper. I don't think he's the only one, but he, he is the only one that that I think kind of makes her feel empowered by doing that. Um, I remember uh, Oscar and his boyfriend at the time show up, but they're kind of critiquing her mm-hmm. art, mm-hmm. which um, kind of makes makes her feel not so And good. Michael
0: actually buys one of her works and puts it That's up right, yeah. in the office. And I, I think it's a, a painting or a drawing that she's done of the building they work in. And he's just blown away Mm -hmm. by it and goes, you, you did this? Gosh, I can't, I can't believe it. How much is it? What I've got to have it. And that is such Mm -hmm. a special moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, let's let's see.
0: I've derailed things.
1: No, 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 you haven't. I, I just, uh, my brain is running slow. Um, so I think another example of of Michael's uh, fear of of vulnerability is um, uh, right at the the end of his tenure as regional manager, um, when he's leaving the office, he orchestrates this plan to make his exit without having to say uh, a formal goodbye to everyone. Um, I think he thinks that's just going to be mm-hmm. too much uh, and he won't be able to handle it. and so the the office is left feeling. I think confused uh you see a shot of them at Michael's goodbye party eating his goodbye cake, uh, but he's not there mm. um, and uh and um you know and then you all you do see a, a special moment uh, with him and Pam again at the airport uh, actually Pam is is frustrated that that Michael left without saying goodbye and races to the airport to to find him before he gets on the plane. Which she does, and they have a, a, a nice moment, and they hug, and and uh, she gets the goodbye that, that she needed. Mm-hmm.
0: Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like you couldn't say the gu- goodbye that you needed to?
1: Um, I would say uh, I, I don't think I've been in that ex- exact situation. I, I think I've been in a, a place where I, I didn't say goodbye because I didn't want to.
0: Sure. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose that's fair. I've
1: I've mastered I've mastered the art of the Irish goodbye. <laughs> I think I would say. What about you?
0: Yeah, I think I've been in some situations where I probably didn't say goodbye to everyone that I should have. Um and where saying goodbye to the people I really had to say goodbye to felt so draining that I couldn't necessarily say goodbye mm. to the people that yeah. I wanted to say goodbye yeah. to. And I wonder if any part of that is—I I think Michael feels emotions a little bit more yeah, strongly than mm, yeah, a lot of people Yeah, he's very passionate. Do. I don't want to excuse um, him; like bad behavior I, is still bad behavior. But, <laughs> but I do wonder.
1: Exactly, exactly. He, um, you, you kind of, you kind of learn throughout the series that he has this abandonment issue, um, that goes, I think, back to. Uh, his his dad leaving, and um, you, you never really find out who his real dad is, um, but you do find out that he abhors his his stepfather Jeff, um and and so this is all kind of going back to as as a child, um and you find out that Michael didn't have very many friends and that the friends that he did have didn't stick around, um, and so he really struggles with abandonment, um and I think that you know Michael is is afraid to for people to see his true self um because i think he he thinks that'll scare people away and um, and so as a result you see him using comedy as as a defense mechanism a lot of the time um which as uh, so many know, people I can, do
0: i think that's one of the things the yeah, show really mm-hmm. nailed i think a lot of people yeah in day-to-day life use comedy as a defense mechanism um maybe mm. not in such a severe way as, as Michael, but, but I think yeah. that is honestly kind of relatable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I've, I feel like I, I find myself um, there all, all the time in, in, in lots of my personal relationships and it's, it's something that I have to think about and reflect about and, and um, you know, I'm just constantly, constantly trying to, to, to be more authentic. Mm-hmm. Uh Michael has some self-destructive tendencies. The 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 most that this manifests uh, itself is is in his relationship with Jan. Jan, uh his is his, the worst. his boss, she she uh wreaks havoc on Michael's life um and just makes him feel terrible terrible about himself. But he can't seem to tear himself away. He uh, okay. We have back... to give
0: the rundown of Jan, though.
1: Yes, yes.
0: There's there's a a lot to this story. So <laughs> Jan and Michael, during Jan's divorce, end up getting together. I think they make out or something. Um, you don't see any of that, of course, on screen. But then mm-hmm. it becomes this ongoing rumor, and her career is really pretty pretty impacted by, the, by this rumor that she's hooked up with Michael. Yes. Um, for obvious reasons, because, you know, Michael is not the sharpest crayon in the box. Um, <laughs> but Jan, in her career, is really with it. She knows exactly how to, how to get the results that she wants, and she very consistently does. So mm-hmm. to then, as a, a woman in a leadership role have someone uh, have a, an entire branch of people just throwing out barbs about how you have supposedly slept with someone below you
1: um, <laughs>
0: um yeah it's yeah tough. yeah it's it's,
1: it's, tough. it's it's so i and and you, you kind of learn that it's 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 self destructive for for both of them because you, you know jan mm-hmm. jan knows that the michael is much less intelligent than she is and 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 not doesn't have the same level of drive, but I think you find out through well, a conversation. Yeah, sorry. They Go do
0: ahead. end up dating eventually, and when they're dating, Jan becomes really manipulative and controlling because you're right; she absolutely knows that she is much smarter than Michael is. Yes, um, and he so desperately wants to be in a loving, committed relationship that he'll do anything she asks. So his entire life kind of implodes when they get together um and it it becomes a really really toxic situation
1: yeah yeah it it is the the perfect storm um mm-hmm. uh it does all come to a head in the dinner party episode and that's when you see Michael and Jan kind of have uh, uh a clean a clean break in their relationship um. And uh uh Michael, uh, through support of from Pam, Phyllis, Karen, I think Angela as well, his in his his girl squad as he refers to them, um, he, he does kind of come to the, the realization that 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 was an extremely toxic relationship for him. However, when Jan comes back uh post post uh the surgery, um uh, and Michael just is unable to, to, uh, to resist and, and, uh, falls back into this relationship with Jan or wait, is that before, oh man, am I getting the timeline mixed up?
0: I don't know. I don't remember Jan's surgery. So when, when she got the, the enhancement edification, um, I don't have nearly as thorough an understanding of the office as Owen does. You can probably hear that, but I also have this thing about TV shows where I stop watching them when I think they should have ended. I think The Office should have ended when Michael left, so there's some stuff near, near the end of the, the series that I just don't know at all. Our producer, Robbie Rutherford, wants to chip in and say that Jan is a scorpion woman. <laughs>
1: Very apt description.
0: Yeah. Uh, it is very scorpion and tortoise, you know, that, that fable about a scorpion who wants to be carried across the river by the tortoise. And when they're in the middle of the river, he stings the tortoise and they both start to drown. Um, Mm. the tortoise says, why would you do this? And the scorpion says, well, it's my nature to sting. And Mm. that is very, very Jan and Michael.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. They're bad for each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, another another flaw that that Michael has in his leadership position is his inability to take responsibility for his actions. He'll always find some way to to pass the blame when he can. Um, you see this happen when Michael hits Meredith, one of his employees, with his car, and the entire episode is is just Michael trying to find any any possible way. To, to, to pass the blame for this terrible thing that he did. He, he even goes so far as to to, to suggest that the building is uh, built upon an Indian burial ground and the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the parking lot is cursed, uh, which caused his car to swerve into Meredith. Just drastic lengths to, to avoid any kind of blame. Ladies and gentlemen, I have some bad news. Meredith was hit by a car. What? Oh, yeah. It happened this morning in the parking lot. I took her to the hospital, and the doctors tried to save her life. They did the best that they could. And she is going to be OK. What is wrong with you?
0: Why did you have to phrase it like that? So she's really going to be fine?
1: Yes. She has a slight pelvical fracture, but uh, people have survived far worse. Thank God you were there. Well. Yeah. Did you see who did it? Oh, no need. We can just check the security tapes. Yeah, kind of a good news, bad news there. I was able to be on the scene so quickly because I was in the car that hit her. Who was driving?
0: Oh, Michael. And he does this all the time. There's one episode early in the series where he's responsible for firing someone by the end of the month. And so it's the last day of the month, and he hasn't (laughs) even begun to think about who he's going to fire. Um, And he calls in a series of different people and attempts to fire them. And then he has Dwight try to fire some people. And finally, he decides that he's going to fire Creed. And Creed goes, no, no, you don't want to fire me. You want to (laughs) fire Devin.
1: Fire someone else. Fire Devon. He's terrible. I am so much better at my job than Devin. Okay, well, I already picked you, and you know that. So, unless I just go through with this, you're always going to look at me as the guy who almost fired you. No, 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 no. I will forget so fast. You will be my savior. You're the guy who gave me my life back. Thank you. I knew you'd see it my way, Michael. God bless you. You're a fine man. Don't listen you will not regret this either devin is terrible no one's gonna miss you good 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 devin could i talk to you for a second
0: and so That's Devin right. ends up being fired purely because the person who was supposed to be fired said that he was going to be instead. Um, mm-hmm. And throughout the entire experience, Michael's trying to get anyone but him to make this decision and mm-hmm. really, really refusing to take any kind of ownership of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, um, and there
0: just are some things that bosses need to do. Peers can't decide who's who's going. Colleagues don't get to decide this. Um, right. it, it is not you are the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> like, we can't <laughs> we can't function in a world that way. And exactly. I, I think that's one of his biggest leadership failures.
1: hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah he he lacks the skill to make those hard decisions. Um, later on in the series, when when Michael and Jim are, are co-managing and they are tasked with the responsibility of, I, I think, lowering people's raises for the year because the there's not enough money. Mm-hmm. Um, My, Michael tries to to pass the responsibility off to to Jim and then and then make Jim take the blame when when everybody gets gets up in arms about it. You know, he's his his need for for attention and love for everyone is is so. So strong that, that he's willing to throw other people under the bus. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I, I don't know if that's necessarily his need for attention. I think he's just a people pleaser. Like yeah. the most mm-hmm. aggressive kind of people pleaser. <laughs> and yeah. it, in leadership roles, you don't get to please people all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: can sometimes, but boy, feels like it's not most of the time.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so to Michael's credit, there are some things he is extremely good at. Um, number one is his skill with sales. He's he's a wonderful salesman. Um, before he was the manager at the, the Scranton branch, he was in, in a sales position um, and did so well that he ended up being promoted to, to regional manager. Um, and so this is something that you see throughout the series. Um, and, and it kind of pops up unexpectedly because you know, he's painted as just a, a extremely incompetent in everything. And so these few times where he pops in and makes a really uh, amazing sale that no one else managed to, to be able to make, um, it kind of makes him look like a, a, a superstar in a way. It's, yeah, it's, so it's kind of cool.
0: This is actually an ongoing principle in business. It's called the Peter Principle. And the Peter Principle says people who are good at something get promoted. But Mm -hmm. when you're promoted, your role changes, and you may or Mm -hmm. may not still be good at that skill. So essentially, the Peter Principle says, well, people keep getting promoted until they're promoted beyond their skill set, and then chances are they're fired. They're either left Mm -hmm. to to remain incompetent in their current role, which is the Michael situation. Great Mm -hmm. salesman, terrible manager. Mm -hmm. Um, Or they end up being fired because Mm -hmm. their skills have not kept up with their title changes
1: yeah 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 that's 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 uh um I I wasn't familiar with that but that makes that makes a lot of sense especially in in the context of the show um Michael is very good about showing up for people we already talked about uh Pam's art show um but this this happens in other in other places too um even with with Jan when when she was at her lowest. Um, that's when he he offered to to allow her to to move into his condo, which I think later he regretted. But it does it does speak yeah. to his character that he, with without a, a second thought, was you know recognized that she needed help and 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 re- uh, re- reached out his, his hand for for her.
0: And even the um, impetus for their whole relationship, he he didn't just hit on her. He he wasn't kind of hunting her. You know, right, it was yeah. not a predator and prey situation she was really upset and in in need of comfort because she was going through a severe divorce and he Mm -hmm. was there for her. And while that definitely transgressed professional boundaries and he should not have been there for her in those ways, um, Mm -hmm. it really was intended as an act of kindness and then went on to, to become something pretty icky.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, at, at, uh, so Emily, this maybe is is something that you haven't seen, but in the the series finale, the the very last episode um, at at Dwight's wedding, this might be a spoiler for you. At Did Dwight's you know that Dwight wedding, and Angela, yeah, Dwight and Angela get married.
0: Oh no, that would never work.
1: <laughs> and actually, actually, it's it you know, uh, Angela goes through uh, uh, some some character growth, uh, the last, uh, couple of seasons. Um, and their relationship is, is actually pretty, pretty, pretty uh, beautiful to watch. And then you get married and, and Michael having at this point moved to Colorado, um, uh, comes back to, to be Dwight's best man uh, at the wedding. It's, it's a, a very cute moment. You ready? <laughs> you kidding? I was born ready. Dwight, <laughs> Dwight, Dwight. Um... I don't know how to tell you this, but we have a little bit of a problem. No, what? The minister just told me that it's tradition for the bestish mensch to be older than the groom. Oh, come on. I've never heard of such a thing. I kid. haven't heard of it, obviously. But I'm out, because I'm significantly younger than you. Not significant as a big well, word. I think, think you Well, okay, either way. Either way. Dwight, I can't be there for you. I'm sorry. Jim. I just. Really wish there was something I could do. Michael. I can't believe you came. That's what she said. Best prank ever.
0: I do buy that Michael would be best man at Dwight's wedding. I absolutely do not buy that Angela would marry Dwight.
1: <laughs> if, if you ever watch the rest of the show, I'd be curious to, to know if, if your opinion changes or stays the same.
0: Well, that feels unlikely, but I, <laughs> we, could, we could talk about it. welcome back hello um although michael has many personality traits that keep him from being well suited to being a leader um <laughs> he he does really genuinely care about his employees and i i imagine that's probably one of the reasons that he ended up being promoted just being a good salesperson isn't the same as really mm-hmm. coming to understand your employees so he's the kind of person who remembers all of the details of that story you told three years ago and <laughs> will check in on your sister's goddaughter's best friend to to see how they're doing now and if they ever got over that nasty cold. Um, he's really good at remembering the things that are important to the people in his office. And although his his responses are often misguided... He genuinely tries to be there for them, and to make mm-hmm. them feel valued and appreciated.
1: Yes, yes, and and with his clients as well. You know, you see when mm-hmm. he's when he's talking to um, to potential clients and making sales, he uh, will bring up the, these kind of facts. You know, things kind of like like deep facts that that uh, are you know the the person that is that is uh, having the conversation with Michael is is surprised that that he he is is so. Um, so uh, in, invested in, in, in their life.
0: Well and it's actually how he saves his branch. At one point they're considering closing the Scranton branch. At several points they're considering closing <laughs> the Scranton branch of Dunder Mifflin. And there's an episode where he goes to meet someone who's responsible for buying all of the paper for the entire county that Scranton is in. Um, and so all of the government offices within that that county and jan is with michael and she really wants to get down to the brass tacks so she's trying to just push through and talk about the business deal and michael's sitting there going well hang on hang on hang on let's split an appetizer (laughs) first let's uh let's talk about this stuff yeah if this meeting takes all afternoon and well into the evening no problem and jan's going oh my god get me out of here (laughs) I thought we could start by going over the needs of the county. Right.
1: Well, Lackawanna County has not been immune to the slow economic growth over the past five years. So for us, the name of the game is budget reduction. Awesome Blossom. What? I think we should share an Awesome Blossom. What do you say? They are awesome. You want to, Christian? Awesome? Sure. Okay, it's done. Actually, Megan, may we have an Awesome Blossom, please? Extra awesome. Now it is done. So um, hey, I heard you have a, a very very funny joke the other day. You want to hear it, Christian? You don't. You don't have to listen to this. We it's keep... okay. I like jokes.
0: But Michael's approach lands the deal, and Jan's almost mm-hmm. certainly wouldn't have, because yeah. the the supplier that they're trying to to beat out um, has pretty comparable costs, and there's really no reason for this person to change change suppliers. Except that Michael has been so charming and inquisitive right. about his life, and is someone that he wants to be working with.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's right. That that's also the first time I think where where Jan is is kind of um, surprised by Michael, you know. And I think maybe that's when she starts to see him as as a potential uh, partner. Um,
0: yeah, it does take a, a lot of vision to see Michael as a potential partner. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so, so Emily, um, now that we've talked about, uh, Michael's flaws as a leader, um, what are some things that you look for in a good leader, someone that's qualified for the position?
0: Yeah, good question. Um, I think that leadership ultimately, this is a hot take. I think that (laughs) leadership ultimately is manipulation. Leadership is about... (laughs) Convincing someone that they want to do what you want them to do. Yeah. But That's, we have yeah, this you really know, I... negative connotation for, for the idea of manipulation, this really positive connotation for the idea of a leader. And a big mm-hmm. piece of it is that leaders can tout other skills as well. So like, yes, I'm mm-hmm. manipulative. <laughs> but um, I'm also really organized and I treat people with respect and I communicate effectively and I demonstrate that I have whatever skills it takes. Um, so I, I think that when we talk about the skills that make a good leader, we tend to talk about those ones, which is important. Um, but we sometimes shy away from the idea that ultimately the the job of any leader is manipulation.
1: Yeah, and there are some leaders that are better than others, right? Because mm-hmm. It's 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 manipulation, but but in a way it's it's tricking people into in into uh, uh, coming coming up with with the the idea that you had initially. Right. In a way, because you want your employees to to take ownership for for the things that they're doing. And the best way to do that is to make them think that they um, came up with that idea themselves.
0: Yeah. And I think what you're really talking about is empowerment empowering other people to mm-hmm. feel like they can do the work without you. Great leaders mm-hmm. don't need to be present. Great yeah. leaders are able to trust that the people beneath them in a hierarchical structure are going to do their their jobs competently and effectively.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um.
0: Well, and, you know, I, I think this is a big piece that michael is missing like he's he's not any of the common common leadership <laughs> qualities either like he's not very organized he's not very respectful he's not a good communicator um he really actively tries to manipulate people pretty consistently but it's not mm-hmm. very effective very often
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: When we really yeah. see him shine in a leadership role is when he takes the opposite approach. And instead of actively trying to manipulate people, he opens up to them and starts listening to them and becomes open to being manipulated by them. And that's yeah. when he really <laughs> shines his brightest, sort of ironically.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um so we we kind of already talked about how how Michael ended up in this management position. Um, one, one person that I think is, is pretty influential in, in Michael's life and, uh, has a big influence on Michael's behavior is, is Todd Packer. Todd Packer is, um, a salesman with Dunder Mifflin that, that worked with Michael when Michael was younger in his sales position. So they were kind of, uh, a, a, a duo, a little sales duo team and Todd Packer, um, uh, I think kind of takes an an older brother type of role in, in Michael's life. And so Michael really looks up to, to Todd Packer really wants to be like him, really wants Todd to be impressed by him. Um, which is problematic because Todd Packer is a terrible person, extremely misogynistic, extremely disrespectful, (laughs) just the worst kind of person. And so, so my, Michael's a lot of these, these characteristics that, that Michael, um, that 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 define Michael, um, I think are are a result of of his relationship with with Todd Packer.
0: Yeah, I think you might be right. I I'm reflecting on the show a little bit. It seems like a lot of the people in power, people in leadership roles, are really unlikable in this series, and a lot of the lower level employees are really endearing, even though they aren't stereotypically fun or cool or nice um and i wonder if we see that mirrored in real life do you think that as people climb structures they become less likable
1: um yeah 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 i i i I do see that play out um you know uh because you know client climbing climbing in, in an organization um it comes comes with more, more responsibility. You know, you're 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 kind of held held accountable for the success or, or failure of of whatever the the organization is and and so I think that comes with a lot of stress, um, a lot mm. of um, a, a lot of worry, and and maybe you're struggling with work life balance and if you're not feeling as fulfilled as, as you were before uh, before, um, yeah, I, I can see that would kind of that would kind of diminish someone's someone's glow per se. Yeah.
0: Okay. Hmm. Interesting. So when we think about Michael and Todd Packer's influence on Michael, um, do we think it's also related to Michael's rise or do we think he is so enamored of his role model that he's just become as much like him as he can?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I'm, I'm leaning more towards I think Michael just really looks up to him. Um, you know, I I grew up with with an older brother and and I definitely experienced this phenomenon of, of I always I always wanted to be like him and I think I picked up a lot of his mannerisms and and, and things like that and uh you know, Michael Michael has a a, a complicated family life, right? He's he's an only child and um, and so mm-hmm. I, I think he maybe was was look, looking for for a relationship like that or or maybe he he desired that since he never had it and found that in todd packer mm. um and uh to 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 michael's you know to 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 michael not not michael's demise but um but i i think that really attributed to to michael some of michael's big character flaws mm. okay
0: Tell so, me more about who Michael was when he was pretty young.
1: Yeah, so so you you see little glimpses throughout the show of of Michael as a kid. Um, one one big example is uh, an episode where you see Michael in this children's TV show, and Michael is probably the age of seven or eight in this episode, and he's wearing a black tie suit, and his hair is slicked over. Just glued down with whatever kind of gel, and uh, he looks pretty dorky. And, he looks
0: uh, like he... a small adult. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, and he uh, he makes a comment about how, or uh, the 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 host of the children's show asks him, Michael, what 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 do you, what do you or what are your goals when you grow up? What do you want when when you become older? And Michael says, I want a hundred kids. So I can have a hundred friends and no one can leave me because they're my kid. Okay, next.
0: So what's your name? That's me.
1: Hi, Michael. I'm Ed. Well, what's your favorite subject in school?
0: Recess. 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 So tell me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be married and have a hundred kids so I can have a hundred friends and no
1: one can say no to being my friend. Uh oh, okay. Well, uh nice talking with you, Michael. back to you, Miss Trudy. Hi, everyone. It's
0: one of my favorite sworn times of the day. Did like, you get married? That's right, so we're gonna
1: uh no Why not? Uh just never happened.
0: So do you have any kids? Uh nope. Do you have a girlfriend?
1: I do okay. Was well,
0: Chuck Montgomery cool back then? Yes. I have a girl. Okay,
1: all right, okay.
0: So you didn't get to be what you wanted to be?
1: I guess not. And so right then and there you're like, oh man, this guy has some stuff. This guy uh, has uh, a mother who uh, is extremely, you know helicoptery, very very con- controlling of, over over him and he's young, of course. Um, what, what what mother wouldn't be, but just to an extreme degree. And uh, so Michael struggled to to form friendships and and uh, cultivate relationships. Um, and I think that's kind of when, uh, his, his issues with uh, abandonment started to form. Um, and, uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, we don't have to
0: include this in the recording, but he also has a pretty severe speech impediment when he's on the TV show. That's um, right. which might, may or may not have contributed to his ability to make friends. Mm Mm-hmm. At that age. And yeah, the the whole scene is... He's so excited to show everyone this time he was on TV when he was huh. a kid. And it mm-hmm. just it, it turns into this really heartbreaking moment.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Michael. Um, okay, moving on. So... So um, as Michael, Michael
0: transitions through these various roles, from the really lonely little kid to the young adult who idolizes a scummy salesperson um, <laughs> to the the leader promoted far beyond his abilities. Um, he, he really has never been in a structure that is supporting him as the person he is or as the person he wants to become.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so you kind of see um the corporate kind of almost take a a, a back seat uh with the Scranton branch and and uh, so so the the branch is consistently putting up good numbers um, Michael being a, a a very competent salesman himself and and the the other salesmen in in the branch um constantly uh you know making sales and, and bringing in money um, so they, they, they are fulfilling that, that responsibility. Um, and so corporate, in a sense, kind of turns a, a blind eye to, to Michael's antics, and they sort of justify it with, you know, he's, he's bringing in money, the, the, the branch is uh, financially viable, and for that reason, uh, we, we don't feel we need to intervene um, to the level that they probably should, there, there are a few occasions here and there where they, you know, there's, there's a, an episode in the, in the first season where they, they have a, 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 a seminar on, on um, how to, how to be uh, culturally sensitive in, in the workplace as a direct result of uh, Michael's behavior. Well, so you but they deliver like
0: the seminar to the entire branch yeah. And at the end, the the presenter comes up to Michael and says, hey, I need your signature saying you understand this stuff. I want to <laughs> let you know I gave this paperwork to everyone so that you wouldn't feel singled out. But like, I am here for you. And mm-hmm. if you refuse to sign it, I can't leave. Um, and honestly, I think he needs more direct feedback like that from from corporate or yeah. from people who are going to hold him accountable
1: Mm-hmm. yeah 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 michael is a, a pretty sensitive guy you know pr- pretty in in touch with his feelings and so um he he, he does not take criticism like that well
0: i don't uh, think he is back. in touch with his feelings i think he has a lot of big feelings but i don't <laughs> yeah. think he has the language to describe them and i don't think he has the wherewithal to respond to the emotions that he's feeling in a mature or healthy way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um so uh speaking more about the the corporate role um uh it's it, it really should be the responsibility of the com- the company to provide professional development opportunities for their managers especially new managers you know you never really see whether or not Michael had opportunities like that when he initially was promoted you kind of assume that probably not since he <laughs> fails to lack so many of the the skills uh, you need as a boss mm-hmm. um and so that that is, that really is something that the corporate should be uh, taking a a larger role in for their for their employees especially their new managers
0: absolutely yeah yeah. Okay, I think we have gotten to the point in the episode where we got to think about what advice we have for Michael. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, so I think a big one for Michael is, you know, in, in order, in order for for others to accept you, you first need to accept yourself. Um, and Michael uh, so often hides behind comedy and and uh, just putting walls up uh, around his his emotions um he 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 really he really struggles to to accept himself and i think he has that deep fear that that you know if if he if he is to to be genuine um that that they would that people would would get scared away which of course is his biggest fear right he does not want to be Mm -hmm. abandoned um in the episode with the 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 roast the company or the the branch roast um the employees all kind of and this is fa- this is facilitated by Michael he thinks it'll be funny um but the employees air out all their dirty laundry all their frustrations with Michael and he takes it really hard um but i think that is kind of the the turning point for Michael in in realizing that that yeah i've got these flaws I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the best boss, but these people still want to work with me anyway. Mm -hmm. And, and I I think that's, that's a really pivotal moment for Michael because it kind of, it kind of um, relinquishes that, that fear that, that they're gonna, they're not gonna accept him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think my advice to Michael would probably be to make some friends outside of work um right now he he's in a managerial role. he's the only person in his day to day life in the managerial role, so while he works with corporate a lot he's not he's not working out of corporate headquarters and he doesn't get to see other people who are on his level very often. Mm-hmm. He's trying really hard to be friends with everyone in his branch. And all of the social interactions we we see him have are with other people from his company. Yeah. And ultimately, I mean, it's nice to like the people that you work with. That's great. And it is hard to make friends as an adult. I haven't figured it out yet. A lot of my friends (laughs) are still friends from high school or friends from college when I was surrounded by people who were all my age. Um,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But. I I really think a lot of the inappropriateness of his relationships with his employees comes from not having a healthy social structure outside of his his work role.
1: Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, you you have to have that line between professional relationships and 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 your personal relationships and and Michael goes too far into that pool of of seeking validation and emotional support from from these people who are his subordinates right, yeah. so so of of course they're gonna act a certain way around him because you know they they have to it's their job um but but Michael really needs that that um that 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 really that close distance, you know? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah all right shall we shall we sign off
0: yeah, I think so, hey, if you're enjoying the podcast please consider subscribing, rating and reviewing, or sharing with a friend. It really helps us to grow. Unsolicited is a Salty Pup production. Music by Tristan Hurd. Publicity by Allison Biggie. Audio engineering by Robbie Rutherford. And art by Erica Peterson. Thanks also to my co-host, Owen Evans. My name is Emily Blake. Thanks for listening.